Welcome to episode 19 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League, presented by ChangeUp. I'm Matt Satilli. I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Owen Shadrick. And Owen, ChangeUp is doing an awesome giveaway on social media. Shout out to our presenting sponsor. What can you tell us about that? Yeah, you guys do not want to miss this giveaway. So on Twitter, ChangeUp has posted about their giveaway. So the prize, it's ChangeUp swag and four Futures League tickets for this season, an opportunity you do not want to miss. In order to qualify, you need to follow the ChangeUp account at ChangeUpBB. You need to retweet their post and tag three friends, and you'll be qualified to enter to win the prize. Guys, you've got to do this. It's awesome. We're super excited to be partnering with ChangeUp, and this is a great opportunity. ChangeUp has been instrumental in helping our pitchers stay healthy and helping coaches track their progress and also send those stats to players, coaches, parents. We can't be more excited about this giveaway. We'll be quote tweeting and sharing that post, so make sure to keep an eye on our Twitter and the ChangeUp account, at ChangeUpBB, which we know you're going to follow. Now let's talk some baseball, Owen. I was at Holman Stadium last night watching first place Worcester take on second place Nashua. If the playoffs started today, that would be our championship series. It was my first experience at the park. Beautiful stadium. I very much enjoyed it. Worcester came out strong. They had back-to-back home runs in the third inning. It was Ben McNeil and Andrew Salima gave him a five spot. Eric Chavaria, dominant outing. Worcester's 13-5. and five. They're just running through opponents right now. So shout out the Worcester Bravehearts. They've really caught fire in the last week. Owen, what have you seen the last couple of days? So last night I was at Fraser Field. We're recording this on Wednesday. I was in Fraser Field on Tuesday for a game between the Starfires and the Navigators, and it was a tight one nothing game. Sal Freilich returned to the ball field, scored the lone run, and Cam Sagan dominated through six innings, had seven strikeouts, and was great. And also a game that neither of us were at, Jake Geloff, the hero of yesterday, last night's player of the night. He had a walk-off home run in game one, and he won the home run derby for Brockton in game two to help sweep their doubleheader. It was a big doubleheader sweep for Brockton. And on this episode, we're super excited to take you to Mike Caruso, the catcher for the New Britain Bees. He was an awesome interview. It's episode 19 with number 19. He talked to us about what's going right for him this season, playing in the Futures League for the first season. Oh, and this is the first guy that's not returning to the Futures League. It's his first summer in the league, which was really cool to hear. Yeah, we've had a lot of guys returning, so it's going to be nice to hear from a fresh face. Yeah, a fresh face that's got a killer goatee. He'll also walk you through his facial hair and um, what it means to him to be able to play baseball this summer. So once again, awesome interview with Mike Caruso. Make sure to participate in our change-up promotional swag giveaway. And without further ado, let's get into it. Here's our interview with Mike Caruso. At this time, we now welcome on a very special guest. He is the starting catcher for the New Britain Bees at a Fairfield University. It is Mike Caruso. Mike, welcome to the podcast. Thanks so much for joining us. How you doing? Good, man. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's great to see you. We're recording early on uh, Wednesday morning. So once again, thanks for getting up after a doubleheader and uh, offering to chat some baseball with us. Yeah, of course. No problem. So uh, to get right into it, up to this point in the season, you're hitting 302. You got three doubles, a home run, and nine RBIs. How have you felt so far about your play this summer? I've been feeling really good. You know, it's just fun to go to the field every day and be able to play. So, I mean, stats are cool and all, but, you know, I find it more important, you know, just to get out there and have fun. 
Yeah, and a unique opportunity you have in New Britain this season is playing in front of fans. What's it been like to play in front of those fans? And is it weird going to the other stadiums without fans? Yeah, I mean, so there, we actually get a good amount of fans at New Britain. I think it's open to 25% capacity or something like that. So that's like 1,500 people. But their energy is great. And then when you go to other fields, it's silence. So it's kind of weird. But um, I don't know. I, I, I'd say I like home games better. You guys started off a little rough, but you've seemed to pick up the pace a little bit. What does your team need to do to get on a roll? Um, you know, it's doing the little things right, you know. It's uh, fielding ground balls, getting bunts down when we need to, because, you know, not getting those little things done, like, adds up throughout the game. So if we get those done, I mean, I really don't think there's anyone in the league that can, uh, can beat us. I love that energy. Now, you, all, you guys also feature a lot of Connecticut players on the roster. You're a Connecticut guy yourself. What does it mean to play with a lot of those local talents and uh, one, represent your state, and then two, also, I'm curious, have you played with or against any of these guys, whether it be in Little League or AAU or high school or any other levels of baseball growing up? I mean, it's pretty cool playing with a lot of Connecticut guys. I mean, so a lot of them have, um, have played in, like, tournaments similar that I have grown up. Um, in fact, Kyle Brennan is from Wallingford. And he lives across town. So I've known him for a while now. And now we're on the same team, which is pretty cool. But, you know, it, it's good. Like, it's kind of fun talking to the guys and seeing that, you know, they've done the same exact things that, you know, I've done because, you know, we're all Connecticut guys. So, I mean, I, I enjoy playing with the guys from Connecticut and representing the state. So it's been a good, good time. Yeah. And some of those guys on your roster include Andrew Kane, Noah Martinez, Daniel Rivera. And the list goes on. What's it like playing with those guys who have such great talent and all of you guys at the top of that lineup? Oh, it's awesome. I mean, when, you, when you're playing with guys that, you know, have energy and great talent, you know, it just makes you want to follow in their footsteps and uh, be just like them. So it's a lot of fun. And talking about one of the guys in your rotation, Emmett Sheehan, you guys took him on when you were playing at Fairfields when you guys played B.C., what was it like getting some at-bats against him, maybe not knowing who he was, and then now being his everyday catcher when he's on the mound? Uh, yeah, it's actually kind of funny. I mean, we it, the game we played against him, it, it was just an awful game for us. So um, uh, it was just funny to, you know, kind of talk back and what happened that game. And uh, no, I like catching Emmett. He's a great pitcher, great arm, live arm. Um, he pitched on his Sunday, and he was up there to, like, 96. So, I mean, he's got a live arm and some plus pitches. So, he's a good, he's a fun guy to catch. 14 strikeouts. He kept you busy back there. It was quite the outing. Yeah. So, this podcast is called Back to the Futures. We've been interviewing a lot of guys who are returning to the Futures League. But as we advance on into the season, we're kind of expanding our repertoire and talking to new guys in the league. Did you play summer ball in the past? And a couple weeks in, how would you say the Futures League compares to any experiences you've had in the past? So my freshman year, I played for the Perfect Game League. I played for the uh, Trailblazers. And then last year, I played for Mystic in the NECBL. And um, I think the Futures is definitely better than the Perfect Game League so far. I think it's a great league. I'm having fun playing in it. Uh, the travel's nice. You know, it's not crazy far. You know, I think our furthest drive is like two hours, which is not bad at all. So, you know, I'm really enjoying playing in the Futures League. Yeah, that's awesome. And a unique experience you have, too, is playing with a guest we've had on this podcast previously, Ray Garino. What's it like to have him as a head coach? Oh, I love Ray. Uh, he's a great guy. You know, um, he's very passionate about the game, you know, and he makes it known to the guys on the team that, you know, he wants to win. 
And uh, when you have a coach like that, I mean, it, it just makes the difference. I mean, you go out with such great intensity every day, and uh, I love having him as a head coach. Yeah, Ray's a great guy, and it was an honor to have him on the podcast. So back to your play on the field. You hit your first home run of the season against Brockton, and you were also named player of the night that night. How did it feel to get your first home run? And that's certainly not an easy thing to do at New Britain Stadium. Uh, it was pretty good. I, I mean, my, my coach from school texted me afterwards and kind of making fun of me about it because I'm not, like, known at school as a power hitter. But, you know, whenever you can do have a game like that, you know, and help your team win, you know, it, it's just a great experience. And um, it was just one of those days, you know, caught four barrels, and, you know, that's it. It was just a great day. You guys also played really well defensively. There were three putouts at the plate. It was 0-0 going into extra innings, and you guys also escaped a bases-loaded jam in the eighth. How does your mindset change if it does during a game like that where you know that the margin for error is that minute and especially when it comes to like pass balls or when you know there's going to be a play at the plate that's not a force out what's going through your head honestly really nothing I mean when you're playing and you're kind of like in the zone I mean your mind's kind of just blacked out you know you're not really thinking you're just letting you know your physical talent take over and you're just trusting yourself you know, so in tough situations like that, it's a, there's really nothing going through my head besides focusing on what's at hand, you know, the pitch that's coming in or the throw that's coming in from the outfield. No, absolutely. The best way to stay locked in is just, you know, treat it like any other situation. You handled it well, and it was a great win. You want to talk about energy. The New Britain fans were on their feet, and that was probably the most raucous I had ever seen that stadium in the Futures League. Yeah, I mean, it, it's definitely a different atmosphere. I mean, you know, being in the an independent league team, the, you know, they haven't gotten that many fans, but, you know, they switched to a college league and now they're getting a ton of people. I mean, just the switch in fan base is uh, crazy. But you get a lot of fans, and it's actually a lot of fun. I like having uh, all the fans coming and supporting us. I'm very appreciative of it. That's great to hear. Now, another catcher on your team, Christian Fagnant. He's the son of Ray Fagnant, who's a scout for the Red Sox. Do you talk to him regularly when he's at games? And what advice do you seek from him as he's a former catcher himself? Yeah, I, I talk to Ray often. I mean, he's a great guy. Um, I mean, any knowledge I can get from anyone, you know, I try to uh, absorb. And uh, I've asked him a couple questions, you know, on, you know, how I can improve my catching, you know, and uh, what, what do I have to do to, you know, get to the next level. And uh, he's been great in giving me advice. And uh, he's a great guy. I love, I love talking to him. Yeah, and going off that, we have scout days coming up next week. How do you plan to make the most of those scout days? It's just going out to the field again and having fun. I mean, it's just like any other day of baseball. So, uh, you know, making it seem as if, you know, it's a big deal, you know, it kind of puts pressure on yourself and makes you all tight. And, you know, I just kind of go out there and just play. There's not no other group of guys are really playing, you know, so it's just enjoying it. Well, it's great to hear that a lot of you guys are getting so much enjoyment out of playing and going out there on a daily basis and giving it your all. And something about catcher, Playing catcher just has a certain stigma, a certain grittiness about it, just being one of the heart of the team. Have you played any other positions in the past? And when did you know that you wanted to become a catcher? I mean, when I was growing up, I would pitch, catch. I'd pretty much play every position. But it, it got to the point where I'd, I think I was like 10, and I had to choose between one, and I chose catching. And uh, I'm happy I did, because I don't think I'd be as far as I am in baseball if I was a pitcher. Now, what went into that decision? Was that a coach that approached you and said, hey, you know, you're doing a little bit of both. I'd love if you were specialized, or was that a decision you kind of made on your own? It was actually my dad. My dad was like, you know, it'd be better if you just picked one and got good at it. So 
I did. Yeah, we know every kid in Little League wants to play every position, but that's that's not how the that yeah, right? it, on. Before we return to our interview with Mike Caruso, we wanted to share a message from one of our sponsors, ChangeUp. We're excited to announce a brand new partnership this season with ChangeUp, a cutting-edge, player-centric pitch tracking solution promoting health and safety, allowing coaches to capture and analyze a proprietary set of performance analytics, and helping pitchers maximize their potentials. Coming to baseball programs around the world this year, ChangeUp eliminates the administrative overhead associated with adhering to pitch count regulations, allowing coaches to focus on baseball. Coaches and parents at all levels, Little League, AAU, high school, and the collegiate level, take notice. ChangeUp is the clear choice to ensure your pitchers aren't being thrown too much or too often and are getting proper rest. Together, we can make this great game even better by protecting arms and ensuring compliance with pitching guidelines. For more information, visit ChangeUp's website, www.changeup.io. That's www.change-up.io. ChangeUp. Every pitch counts. We now return to our interview with Mike Caruso. And what is your training regimen like as a catcher? Do you do anything in particular to help prep yourself for playing a position that can be so strenuous on your body? I mean, yeah, I'm kind of a gym freak. So, I mean, I, I do a lot in the gym. Um, I'm a huge, like, band guy, huge yoga, huge stretching. And for me personally, that's what gets my body prepared to play. You know, I'm not one of those guys kind of jump on the field and just start playing. I need at least, like, a good 45 minutes to get my body, you know, hot and ready to go. What adjustments did you have to make over the spring in terms of going to the gym? Did you have to rig a home gym setup? Was there a situation where maybe you, you know, brought bands into your basement? Like, what was that like trying to stay in that same mindset, knowing you could be playing baseball this summer without that access? Yeah, it, it was pretty crazy. Uh, so my dad owns his own business, and he actually happened to have, like, a forklift. So I had a barbell and some weights. So, like, that was kind of like my power rack. Uh, so it was kind of funny doing that, but it worked. I mean, I was able to get all the stuff that I needed to get done done. So I was very grateful for that. Yeah, that's awesome. And I'm sure it must be great to return to an actual gym and get back to just going through your routine and not having to make those alterations. Yeah. I mean, I, I love going back, you know, so it's, uh, it's really nice that Connecticut's, you know, open again, and, you know, you can go back and you just gotta be careful. Uh, you can't be, you know, exposing yourself too much, but times you can go back you're ready for absolutely now in terms of catching is there one pitcher in particular on the team that you really enjoy catching for or on the flip side is there one that when you know he's on the mound he's gonna have a good outing but he might make it a little tough for you behind the plate whether it be what he's throwing or his velocity I mean I, I like catching all the guys on our team you know I couldn't really say there's just one I like you know above all the rest um but, you know, they're they're all great guys. And when they're on, I mean, they're on. And they're all fun to catch. So, I mean, I, I love being back there for all the guys in our staff. And, you know, I'm always going to give them my best when they're on the ball. In general, what do you feel is the hardest pitch to catch? Uh, definitely two seams. If a guy's got a heavy two seams, that'll just lock your hands right up. And one unique thing that catchers do is kind of control the game a little bit with their pitchers. Do you rely on coaches to call pitches or are you one to control the game? I mean, personally, I like to call games, you know, but I mean, if my coach sees something and, uh, you know, he wants something put down, I mean, I'm not going to you know say no because he might be seeing something that I'm not seeing. But I, I like controlling my own game and, uh, you know, calling my own pitches. 
let's go situational for a minute. There's a guy on second who's kind of trying to peep in and look at your signs. How do you protect your signs and your pitcher from being exposed to the guy at second base? Uh, well, usually we have like a system kind of planned out where it's like, it's not like I'm throwing down one sign. You know, I got like maybe five or six that I'm putting down. But if they're still getting it somehow, I would just go out to the mound and uh, change it up with him, have a little meeting, and that's it. Yeah, nice and nice and simple when it has yeah. to, right? Mm-hmm. And then another unique thing that you do at catcher is pickoffs, whether it's a guy running home and you're receiving the catch or throwing a guy down at any of the bases. What's the best pickoff you think you've ever done? I think any pickoff at first is awesome. Or even, I mean, even third. I mean, any pickoff is pretty cool. Yeah, I've been in New Britain a couple times where you're showing your hose to second base where that mask comes off and that ball's just flying right in there by the base. Is that like a huge adrenaline boost for you, especially if it's like a strike them out, put them out to end the inning? Like there was one against Brockton in that one nothing game. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm, I like talk to myself a lot. I'm kind of a crazy person when I'm playing. But, um, you know, it's like when I, whenever there's a guy in first, you know, I'm, I'm, I want him to go. You know, I want him to throw him. Like you have to have like that energy, you know, throw him out. So I, I get very excited when guys are on base. What's your pop time? I I haven't recorded in a while. I mean, my best was one one nine four, maybe one nine, but I'm I'm probably still around there. I'm sure. Is there anything at the gym that you know you're hitting like any power squats or anything to help that boost and help that jump? Oh yeah, crazy leg guy over here, always <laughs> mushing legs. I love it. You might have to send me a workout my way. I've been struggling <laughs> in that department lately. Not lately, just in general. Oh, yeah. <laughs> is there any chatter that goes on between the player that's up at the plate and yourself? I get it might be a familiarity thing, but do you try to just kind of keep it within yourself? Do you try to chatter? Is there any kind of chirping going on there, depending on the situation? I mean, I'm, I'm always talking to the guys that come up to the plate, you know, because, uh, in fact, a lot of the guys, you know, I played against at some point, or, you know, you're just talking to new guys. I mean, the guys I'm rocking, we always talk with them. And they're a bunch of great guys. So, I mean, it's just it's just something that you do. Yeah. You, uh, a special opportunity to get a chance to see every hitter come to the plate and kind of talk to them up close and personal. Now, transitioning into your career at Fairfield. So, a ton of guys across the league have teammates that they play with at school that are also in the Futures League. But you're in a unique situation where you're the only stag that's in the Futures League. So, what is it like to represent Fairfield? Oh, it's been awesome. You know, I, I feel like Fairfield's a great school with a great baseball program. So being able to, you know, re- represent them in the Futures League has been great. So you are a senior at Fairfield. Will you be returning to school in kind of a post-grad role? And how many of your seniors are going to be returning to the team next season? Uh, so I will be doing a fifth year at Fairfield. So I do have two more years playing there. And I want to say we have like five or six seniors coming back. Most of them are pitchers. I think there's only one fielder coming back. And let's talk about your 2019 for season for a second. You guys made it to the MAAC championship, and you grinded all the way to the end, but unfortunately you lost in 13 innings. Take us through that experience going all the way to the end and making it to the final. Uh, that year was crazy. I mean, making it to the – I mean, just playing at that, uh, that Yankees Staten Island field was awesome. Uh, it was a great place to play. I mean, the energy is just totally different in conference play. Uh, my freshman year, we didn't make conference play, so I wasn't able to experience that. 
obviously my sophomore year we did and made it to the finals. And I mean, it was, it was an awesome experience. I obviously you wish you could win, but you know, I feel like having that experience, especially for the younger guys, you know, now we're juniors and seniors this year coming up and we have that experience in the back of our heads. So I feel like that will really help us going forward. And coming into your career at Fairfields, uh, your team qualified for the NCAA tournament in 2016, first time in school history. You guys were also conference champions regular season-wise in 2017. Was there any message that you received from the upperclassmen in terms of kind of how the program had taken a turn and the success going in and what kind of a message that sent you guys as underclassmen to try to carry that legacy? I wouldn't say it was much of a message, just much of a culture change. You know, because at that point it got to that uh, kids at Fairfield, you know, expected to win, you know, and if you didn't win, you know, that's on you. So it, that kind of culture of expecting to win every game, you know, going out and playing hard, you know, in the fact that the fact that you should win every game because you're good enough to, that was the culture change that kind of shifted. And uh, that's been how it's been, been at school since. Talking specifically about 2019, your own success, trying to carry on that culture. On April 6th, you had a career day. You had three hits, also had a go-ahead home run in the top of the 12th and a win over Siena. Talk about that game, and would you say that was your best game at Fairfield so far? Uh, yeah, that was kind of – that was a fun game. I mean, um, I, I, in fact, the at-bat before that, I think it was the top of the ninth, and I had the bases loaded, and I grounded out. So it was like going up the next time it was just kind of a pick me up at bat, you know, a guy at second base, uh, just trying to get the run in, in the top of the 12th and end up putting one over the wall and uh, picking myself up and uh, helping our team win. But that was, that was a great game. Yeah. And shifting to kind of your academic success, you've had quite the success in the classroom. You were named to the MAAC all academic team and you were named a 2017 Lyman high school varsity scholar. How do you value your academics and what was it like to receive that praise? Uh, I think academics are really important. You know, I mean, you're going to school first uh, before you're, you know, an athlete in any way. Uh, you're kind of expected, you know, to get grades. I mean, especially scholarships. I mean, you're getting paid to go to the school. So uh, I feel like it's not good to misrepresent yourself, you know, by slacking off in school. You know, you got to get your, uh, your stuff done. And um, uh, that's really it. So now talking about, what you envision yourself doing maybe 10 years down the road. Curious if you feel like there might be a career in baseball for you, whether it be playing in the managerial or executive ranks, or if you have anything academic wise, that's really piqued your interest that you're looking to continue after Fairfield. Um, I mean, I, I would love to you know, continue my career professionally. I mean, that would be an awesome experience and I would be uh, very, very into doing that. You can't rely on it because you don't know if that's going to work out. You know, some things are out of your control could give it your all and you know you don't make it but if that was the case you know I, I know Fairfield has prepared me with a good education to find a good job I'm majoring in public health and as of right now I mean that there's what a time to be in that major uh, so I know that the job outlook for me would be pretty good so you know I'm, I'm just taking everything as it goes just having fun and enjoying what's going on well that's a great mentality to have and from a third-party perspective it seems like you're doing a heck of a job at it yeah thank you now, making a little bit of a stark transition, you have some fantastic facial hair. Walk yes, the goatee. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I mean, I, it's definitely on the Mount Rushmore of Futures League facial hairs. 
How long have you had it for? And what is your grooming process like? I mean, I'm a big goatee guy. Uh, a lot of guys on my team, you know, give me uh, bust my chops about it and say they don't like it. But I mean, I don't know. Uh, it doesn't take me too long. I just kind of, you know, clean up the sides and stuff, make sure everything's all clean up and uh, edge up the goatee. It's pretty good. And then trim it when it gets too long. Uh, how long have you had it for? Like, was there a point where you just kind of went for it? Have you always been a goatee guy? Well, I had to wait because this, this part here, like, wouldn't grow in. So I had to wait for it to kind of grow in until I can start doing it. But I did say I had it since, like, freshman year. Yeah, that connector can be a pain in the pain in the butt. Yeah, it's that that's a make or break. And then lastly, before our final segment, how about a message to Bees fans as we continue on into the season? I'd love to thank all the Bees fans for coming out and supporting us. I mean, we love it when you guys come out. Uh, you guys bring great energy to every game, and, um, you know, we couldn't be more appreciative of that. So uh, thanks, guys, and uh, continue coming to the games. We love having you there. As of the day of recording on Wednesday, you guys are hosting Worcester at home. Big game. I'm excited. I'll be there. So now, as Owen mentioned, we're going to move on to our final segment. It is called Quick Hits. It's presented by Zephyr, the official on-field hat of the Futures League. Zephyr, high-quality and innovative design since 1993. So, Mike, we got a couple more questions for you for our audience to help to get to know you a little bit better. Is that cool with you? That's fine, yeah. All right, let's do it. Favorite teammate in the Futures League? Oh, Okay, I have three. Go for it. So it's me, Kyle Brennan, Noah Martinez, and uh, Tony Sochi. We always drive up together to games and stuff. I mean, those three are great guys. We love hanging around. What's the energy like when Tony Sochi's walk-up music gets put on? You got the little head bobbers on the Jumbotron. Oh, yeah. I love Tony's walk-up. It's awesome. That's awesome stuff. Yeah, it's great. Favorite opposing ballpark in the league? Nashua. Nashua for sure. Brockton close second though. Okay. Now, what is your walk-up music? Whether it be something you had at Fairfield, what you got going on this year, anything maybe in the works if you're planning on switching it up or continuing with the same song throughout the summer? I'll probably stay with the same song. I mean, I'm not, I mean, I'll change it every once in a while, but I'm not like a huge, like change it guy. But I don't know. I, I like either country or hip hop for uh, a walkout or I have a rock one right now, but I mean, it, it depends. All right. If you wouldn't mind telling the fans at home who might not have visited New Britain stadium, what's that walk-up song? It's called medicines by a uh, theory of a dead man. All right. All right. I like it. Favorite big league team. I'm a raised guy. It, okay. It's very weird, but I don't know why. Would you be surprised to hear that you're not the first Rays fan that's been on the podcast? Oh, all right. That's fair. I like uh, that. So, so you said it's a little bit interesting why you're a fan. What, what helped establish that fandom for you? Oh, I loved Evan Longoria growing up. I mean, obviously he's on the Giants now, but I still, I still stay with the Rays. Yeah, hey, I mean, those late 2000s teams were something special. They went to the World Series, beat the Sox in a great seven-game series, so – very valid answer. So I feel like I know the question to this, but we got a follow-up that I have to ask. Favorite big league player, whether it's current or historical? Actually, my favorite players, I'll go with the catchers, uh, Francisco Cervelli. He's the man. I, I, I love how he plays. That's great. Is there anything in particular that you try to model your game after him? Uh, definitely his receiving. I mean, he's so quiet behind the dish. 
Uh, it just makes, you know, taking away pitches. I love his receiving style. It's so quiet. And, uh, you know, he gets a lot of extra pitches, you know, that he might, other catchers might not have gotten. You know, and that's important for your pitchers. Now, how about a glove that you use behind the dish and then bat that you use at the plate? Uh, I'm a big Wilson guy for gloves. We get Rawlings for school. I mean, they're okay. I do like Rawlings, um, but I love Wilson gloves. And bats, I've been swinging a Zorion lately. Those have been really good, and I do like Dream Bats. Those are also really good. Shout out to Zorion, the official bat company of the Futures League. They've got some, some great sticks. What kind of a process is it for you to break in your catcher's mitt? Like, how long have you had this one, and is there anything in particular that you do to try to break it in before you're bringing it to the field for the first time? I mean, for when I'm breaking in glove, I really just sit on a machine and just let it feed into me, you know, until it gets to a point where I know I'm comfortable with it uh, going into a game. So, um, I mean, that's really how I just break in my gloves. I don't have, like, any really secret method of, like, putting it in the oven or something. Sure. I'm sure if you did, you wouldn't share them on this podcast anyway. So that's more than fine. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, I've heard of that though. Some kids do that. I don't, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. That's certainly interesting methods I've heard out there. How about cleats that you've laced, you laced them up this summer or you laced up at Fairfield? Uh, new balance for sure. I love new balance cleats. You don't get, you never really get any blisters with them. So that really helps. Yeah. Blisters are also a pain. In the yeah. They're awful. How about a baseball nickname? Most people just call me Caruso. I mean, I've just gone with that forever. Nothing wrong with that. Are you superstitious at all? No, actually, I'm not. I have no superstitions whatsoever. I'm a big, I am a big routine guy, though. So everything has to be scheduled out on a regular thing, or I'm just, like, all out of whack. <laughs> So take us through that routine a little bit. Like, what's your what's your regimen? Well, I usually get up around the same time every morning, you know, depending on what time, you know, we get back. I usually like to get, you know, like eight, nine hours of sleep. So I get up, breakfast, gym, come back, eat lunch, go to the field, get all my stretching and prep work done, BP, uh, chill out for a little bit, pitch a warm-up, game time. Hey, nothing wrong with routine ever. Oh, I love being in the routine. And let's talk about your number for a minute. You wear number 19 at Fairfield and with New Britain. Is there any significance with that number? Uh, actually, no. There's really not. I mean, I was 45 growing up, and then I switched to 55, and then I went down to 19. So, I don't know. It is just a number. I just kept using it. It's my number, I guess, now. <laughs> awesome. And then bubble gum or sunflower seeds? I have to go gum. I, am, I do like chewing gum. Nice. And then any brand or flavor in particular? Not really. I mean, I can care less as long as it's mint. I don't, I don't like, like the fruity flavors. Understandable. Understandable. And finally, how about a favorite all-time baseball memory? Definitely. So my travel ball team, we won a uh, big tournament up in South Shore, New York, that allowed us to go to New Mexico for the, uh, I don't know if you heard the, the Cobble World Series, Connie Mack World Series. So we were able to go there. And we stayed there for a week. And uh, it, that was probably one of the best baseball experiences I've ever had. That's awesome. Uh, what, how old were you when you guys competed in that tournament? Uh, I was 17, 18, I want to say. It was just before I went to college, my junior year. Awesome. 
Well, Mike, that's going to conclude this interview. Thank you so much for joining us today. Best of luck with everything. I'll see you on the diamond tonight, but until we see you, best of luck with everything. Yeah, thanks for having me on, guys. Appreciate it. Anytime. This has been episode 19 of Back to the Futures, the official podcast of the Futures Collegiate Baseball League. We got new episodes coming out every Monday and Thursday. Make sure to subscribe. We're on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and YouTube. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see everyone soon. Thank you.